This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Liverpool 2, West Ham United 1. Diogo Jota off the bench to do his thing as the Reds avoid a Halloween fright at Anfield. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome to the post-game podcast here on the Blood Red channel as we react to the Reds' latest come-from-behind rescue effort. Coming up, Jurgen Klopp has his say on man of the match, Nat Phillips. It was a really good game and he deserves the award, especially when uh, you know that Jamie Carragher gives him the award, so he probably was a similar player. I don't or can understand uh, what he um, what he felt tonight. The Echoes Liverpool correspondent Paul Gorst reflects on a night for the record-equalling Reds. It's now 63 games unbeaten here in the Premier League, dating back to April 2017, equaling a record set by Bob Paisley's side between 1978 and 1980. Plus, we hear from you, the fans. The most important thing is that we won, um, and Diego Jota did get a goal that did count, and a deserved one as well. Insight, analysis and opinion all to come right here on the Post Game Podcast. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Liverpool have on top of the Premier League tonight after a 2-1 win against West Ham United at Anfield. It's now 63 games unbeaten here in the Premier League, dating back to April 2017, equaling a record set by Bob Paisley's side between 1978 and 1980. Um, but that was only half the story in a night that was a very difficult one for Liverpool, one where they were forced to dig in um, and really work for another game that sees them win by a narrow margin. Um, West Ham took the lead through Pablo Fornals um, after the poor clearance from Joe Gomez, it must be said. But Alice Rebecca would probably be disappointed that he was beaten by such a team effort. Um, but Liverpool responded, um, fought, fought back into the game, uh, pressed and probed for the equaliser, uh, and got probably a slice of luck towards the end of the first half. And Arthur Masuaku boosted Mohamed Salah inside the penalty area. Um, it was probably one that you'd call soft, but uh, given Liverpool's luck over the last few weeks, Jürgen Klopp will certainly take that. Uh, Salah picked himself up, dusted himself down, and made it one all uh, before. Liverpool continued to press and probe in the second half. Uh, didn't really create too much. So Klopp brought on Jane Antikady and Diogo Jota. Kept the front three uh, on, so it really was an attacking um, front five almost for Liverpool in the closing stages with Trent Alexander-Arnold and Andy Robertson on the right and left. Effectively making it a front seven, if you like, for Liverpool. And they finally got the reward through Diogo Jota. Uh, a wonderful thread of pass from Shikari, the two subs combining to make it uh, 2-1. Great finish from the... Portugal international is now up to four goals and his importance on this Liverpool team growing by the game of teams but um, Klopp with an inspired double substitution to get Liverpool a point. Uh, moments before that goal uh, Liverpool had one claw that uh, chalked off when the Jota had stuck it away with uh, Mane sliding in on Lucas Fabianski and uh, referee Kevin Friend having looked at the monitor decided that it was a foul so VAR coming against uh, Liverpool once again but it didn't matter Liverpool uh, got the 2-1 win they moved top of the league above Everton um, who, uh, who play on Sunday against Newcastle so now Liverpool keep their fingers crossed that their local rivals can slip up and they can stay top of the Premier League ahead of next Sunday's game against Manchester City Liverpool 2 West Ham United 1 The Echo's Liverpool correspondent Paul Gorst at Anfield for the 2-1 win over David Moyes West Ham United another game for the Reds in which they've conceded the opening goal the fourth time in seven Premier League games this season. It happened just eight times throughout the entirety of last season. We're talking about the defence, Diogo, and defeating the Hammers. Here's what Jurgen Klopp made of the action, speaking in his post-match press conference. Diogo Jossa has scored in his first three Anfield games. I mean, how good was that? And how good was the double substitution, Jossa and Shakiri coming on? 
both good. <laughs> Obviously, um, not too difficult to bring Diogo and Shaq on in the moment because they train an exceptional shape. Um, obviously, and um, so makes absolutely sense that they get their minutes or whatever. And um, yes, Diogo um, is in a good moment, a good player, um, and we are really happy <laughs> that we that we could make that signing. So it's a proper win-win situation. I think we can help him and he can help us a lot. So yes, very good night. And what about Nat Phillips, a man of the match performance on his Premier League debut? Incredible. Yeah, and if you know the story behind it, all that stuff, then it makes it even more incredible. So, um, yeah, I'm really pleased for him. He deserves it more than anybody. And um, so, great guy, smart guy. Um, knows exactly everything about himself as a footballer. So, um, kept it really simple tonight, which was incredibly important for us. Uh, the boys supported him well. He supported him. He was vocal. What is it? Vocal? Verbal? Whatever. He spoke um, on a pitch as well. In the challenges, he was there. Really aggressive, um, but no foul really. Maybe one, if I'm right. Um, so it was a really good game, and he deserves the award, especially when uh, you know that Jamie Carragher gives him the award. So he probably was a similar player. I don't <laughs> or can understand uh, what he. Well, um, what he felt tonight. Okay. We've got Jonathan Northcroft next. No more hands up. So if people want to ask a question, please use the hands up. But Jonathan next. Hi, hi Jürgen. Just another one about the substitutions. I mean, as you say, West Ham very well organised. What, what was it you thought that um, Jota and, and Shakiri could do? What did you see? Oh, we, we hadn't, it was not that about doing things different. It, about doing the, the, the right things with different players, pretty much. That was more about them because after Curtis Jones, for example, um, I don't know which um, how many starts he had, played an exceptional game tonight, um, not to forget how old he is. Uh, but it's intense. And um, Bobby is the one who has always to fight the fights for us in the closest area on the pitch. So bringing their kind of fresh players in similar areas and especially Shaq on, on 10 in that case, we had to change systems slightly, but in the, the, with the dominance we had tonight, that's not a problem. Systems are the system struggles comes always with defending, not with offensive play, and so um, we wanted to use him there. Um, and together with the runs, because Mo and, and Sadio um, did exceptional runs there, so it's very important. You cannot if the two players are moving and the other two not, then it's too easy to defend. So we needed these connected movements, and that's why we made the change. Um, for a defender, um, it's not nice when you are used to one player and then you have to get used to another one, which is pretty good as well. So that's why we put Sadio on the other side and you go on the left side. Um, yeah, there were reasons. Okay, we've got Steve Bates at the moment. That's the last question. Steve Bates. Hello, Jürgen. Can you hear me? You can? Yes, I can. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're struggling to hear you up here, actually, in the press box. Quite noisy. Sorry. <laughs> that's better. That's better. Uh, Jürgen, obviously, you, you might, you've probably heard by now uh, that the, the lockdown's coming next week, but football has been given the green light to go ahead, continue to play. You're in your bio bubbles and everything. How important is it for you, the players, and the game itself that it continues during this period? It's obviously what we want, and I think we proved that we can um, keep the... Um, the bubble kind of safe. Uh, yes, we had cases, everybody had cases pretty much. That's the time we are in. 
but we, we, we could isolate these cases pretty quickly. It didn't spread or whatever. These kind of things didn't happen so far. So the things never happened at the training ground or whatever. It happened from traveling with national teams or when players came new to the club and had to do some travels and brought people with and all these kind of things. So normal life. Um, I think we proved that we can do it. And I think as well in a, in a lockdown, um, it's really it's really important for the people that they can do things they like to do. And watching football is obviously something they like to do. And um, so I'm happy that we can continue. Fantastic. Thanks, Steve. Uh, and then Dom King with the last question of the press conference as it stands. Dom. And it, it, you know, everybody talks about the talents of your team and um, the players that you got, but the ability to, to keep chiseling out these 2-1 wins, the... the, the the ability just to keep going and, and finding a goal when it when it really matters. What does that give us an idea of what that says about the mentality of the players that, that desire to keep going? I don't have to say something about it. You you, you know it yourself. So um, it's of course kind of to believe in a thing that doesn't mean it happens all the time because it doesn't happen all the time. Um, but that's how it all started with our with our improvement with our success. If you want um, these boys. Um, the basis for all what we do and did is the character of this group. Mm. That's how it is. I cannot convince them um, to fight if they are no fighters. That's not possible. And um, if they if they are not ready to put all the desire in a game and show all the determination, I cannot do that. I can find reasons why they should do it, but I cannot convince them. So uh, it was always easy with this team to... to um, to show them the right path and then to that they follow it. But again, it's an incredibly difficult time and outside the world, 100% for the boys as well. It's really demanding the, the number of games we have to play and all that stuff. That's why um, I still, and I spoke before the game to David Moyes about it as well. So about the five subs and things like this, it still would be incredibly important if we, if we could do that because you can only fight when your body is ready. I mean, they don't yeah. have to be in the best possible shape, like four weeks off, few sessions here and there, and now let's play football. We are ready to play all three, four days football, but uh, we need to find a way um, to help to help the boys, to help them to, to keep the quality. It's not about us. It would, have, it would have helped West Ham tonight as well in a game which was really demanding for them as well. If they could have had two more subs in the game, 100% would have helped them as well. So, um, because it doesn't help a team, it helps the players. And that's why, why we were talking about that. Jurgen Klopp discussing the Reds' 2-1 win over West Ham United to head to the top of the Premier League table. Coming up, we'll dip into the Blood Red Podcast Facebook group. But before that, let's hear from some of our regular contributors. And first up, here's Matt Whitty. Well, David Moyes' poor run at Anfield continues and it's... A joy to behold. Well, the record, if not the game itself. Um, the first half was really poor. I thought uh, West Ham did well. Um, obviously, they kind of settled in there. 5-4-1 and, uh, well, obviously, they, they, they got the goal and we really struggled to, to break them down and the passing was slow. None of the quick things really, really came off. And I think we were pretty thankful, to be honest, um, that we got the, uh, the 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 penalty from a, a pretty poor challenge at the um, with the defender kicking through Salah's heel, 
but we hadn't really created much before then. Uh, second half, there was a bit more tempo to our play, and we were we were certainly better. Uh, but I thought uh, it really it really took the substitutions um, for for the game to, to turn really. And I thought both Shakiri and Jota were excellent when they came on. Obviously, um, Shakiri uh, played a brilliant pass through for for Jota for the uh, for the winner, um, but it was a great pass through as well for the uh, for the for the goal that was ruled out by by VAR for a for a challenge on on Mane. But yeah. Pretty, pretty pleased overall. A quick word for um, uh, for Nat Phillips at the back. I thought he had a really good game. You know, given that it was his first game at the centre back, at centre back, well, first game for, for Liverpool at uh, in in the Premier League. I thought it was a, a really, really good debut in a, in such a difficult position to play, and um, particularly against a physical team. I thought he did. Uh, I thought he did really well, and I thought Trent did uh, did well tonight as well. It wasn't it probably his his best game, but he was always an outlet. It was just. That I, I just didn't really think the movement from a lot of the midfielders and the and the and the uh, and the forward three were were there in that in that first half. But yeah, another game where we've gone behind and we've we've got the win. And yeah, top of the league. I'd I'd take that. The post game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Mark Baker reflecting on Liverpool versus West Ham United at Anfield. Game which turned into a very difficult one. You could say it was always going to be that way in amongst a, a hectic schedule of fixtures. West Ham having more preparation time, being on a good run, coming into the game with some confidence, albeit they lost Mikel Antonio, who has been a real handful, I'd describe him in one word, up front for them against opposition in recent weeks. So they were a bit hamstrung by that loss. However, there was, an, as I say, with them factors coming into the game meant that it, it was probably going to be a difficult one for Liverpool. And it continues to be difficult for Liverpool if they surrender leads to opposition on a consistent basis, which seems to be at the case at the moment, which obviously allows the opposition to build in confidence, allows them to sit into a shape, soak up pressure from Liverpool, and also have that belief that without Van Dijk, that they will get opportunities in the final third and that Liverpool's belief themselves not having Van Dijk on the team sheet and their ability to solve the, the problems that may be caused by opposition and counter-attacks may not be as as forthcoming as they normally are. So there's a number of factors within the game that mean that it's really hamstringing Liverpool to be able to go behind at this moment in time. And, and that's how it turns out. Obviously, West Ham took the league. It offered very little in terms of any pressure applied to Liverpool's build-up, which meant they were happy to soak up their position at a mid-block in, the, in their half of the field for the most part. Never really engage with Liverpool's deepest player on midfield and then become alive once the ball went into the, the, the forward players. And it really looked like it was going to be a frustrating night for Liverpool. Obviously, Salah wins a penalty, Stonewall penalty. I don't know why people are arguing the case. He does what he does brilliantly all the time, gets his body in front, and it's just a ridiculous decision from a defender. Why defenders don't have the patience to, to simply stand and, and shield and shoe on a, an, an attacking player out of the danger zone is beyond me. Um, so come at a really good time for Liverpool, and obviously then Liverpool go on to win the game. And Liverpool won the game because of the, the two substitutions and the two men who come on. I touched on in midweek actually, Diego Giotta and Jaden Shakiri, and, and the two things that I sort of highlighted about the two players, Giotta's runs without the ball from out to in, third men runs, that kind of thing, 
and being a moving target for passes and also Shaqiri being the player, apart from Alexander-Arnold in Liverpool's side, who is the most creative passer of a ball, the best of finding them moving targets and has such a variety and disguise in his execution. And I think that's been shown this week. I mean, two fantastic passes to unlock the game for Liverpool. And again, you know, as I mentioned in the last sort of podcast, just the, the normal 4-3-3 shape that has meant that he hasn't got as much game time as he should have at Liverpool because once again, he demonstrated what a fantastic range of awareness he has. And there's no question in my mind he may, he meant the the weight of the pass and the accuracy of the pass which which went through the defender's legs. Absolutely no question that he was almost aiming to find that, that gap between the legs you know, in order to find Jota. And the way the ball just held up brilliantly for Jota it was just an outstanding pass and actually reminiscent of many passes that Leo Messi plays. And now, I'm not saying obviously Shaqiri's comparable to the best passer of a ball of all time, but he does have that in them when he picks up the ball in them central areas from obviously his normal position on the right-hand side coming in field and that ability to just almost side through and cut through defences in the tightest of spaces with his accuracy of pass. And as I say, it's difficult, but you you want to see more of him in Liverpool's side. And he's such a valuable player to have with such quality. And obviously with Diego Jota, I thought his position, performance was outstanding coming onto the field. He has been outstanding really since he came for Liverpool and the impact that he's had. And again, I touched on last time that the reason that he will get more of that game time is because of how seamlessly he fits into the shape. And that was another example of it. In the, in the run was so well-timed. It was where it mattered, where it hit inside that 18-yard box. And, he, I mean, he could have had two goals. Obviously, one got ruled out correctly, in my opinion, for a, a foul on the goalkeeper. But he is one of them players who's always threatening the space and always in a position to really affect the outcome of the game in terms of um, being in them real dangerous areas. And, and once again, it showed... Uh, obviously, them two players again that touched on in midweek, but also I believe that the, the centre half, Nat Phillips, had an, an excellent game really coming in late. I thought the game really suited them in the terms of Liverpool had no pressure on the build up, which means they had so much of the ball. He was never really pressurised in, in, in having to build up the game um, and find, although on occasions he really found some excellent passes as well. I think there was two occasions where he found really good passes between the lines, but but in general. He was, he was unopposed in his use of the ball, which I think suited. And it also suited that West Ham were, unlike Antonio, playing with a more it's lone target man who, whose main ability is obviously aerially, which meant that it'd become a game which was very comfortable to him in terms of competing for aerial balls. Felt he did really well at set plays as well in the air. So I think all them elements really helped them, but no one couldn't. I mean, the, the pressure on him going into the game and let's be honest, in the coming weeks as well, with them having to play and replace such an irreplaceable player is huge. So I think that must be massive credit go to him. Now, will he be tested, obviously, more when when teams try and affect that build-up and he's in possession? Absolutely. Will he be tested more when he's got more nimble, fleet-footed combinations um, going around him in terms of how, how the opposition looked to to enter the 18-yard box absolutely as well but for today I don't think there can be anything taken away from his performance which was which was excellent and, and as much as you could have hoped for really so again a game where 
in amongst many games, Liverpool ended up getting the job done. And I think it is important at this stage in the season to amass the kind of points that will put you into an advantageous position going into the next part of the season, especially if Liverpool can recover some players, especially in that midfield area, because obviously at this moment in time in that midfield area, it tends to be, well, players are picking themselves when they can get some of them first-team regulars back and inject a bit of uh, freshness to that midfield and quality as well, which is out at the moment, then I think it'll be massive. So, big results and a difficult game. And at one point, I felt it was going to be really difficult and it'd be, well, I felt it'd be a game that Liverpool might not get maximum points out of. Lauren Black here to give my thoughts on Liverpool's win over West Ham United at home. A very important win tonight against a very good defensive side on a good run of form. Um, I knew it was going to be a tough match, but I wasn't expecting such a such a slow game um, from both sides, really. Um, we didn't quite team on it tonight, but obviously first half didn't get off to a very good start with West Ham taking the lead, but we, we were able to pull it back before half-time and make it 1-1. We looked a lot better second half, but there was still plenty of room for improvement. I thought Diego Jota maybe would have come on a little bit earlier as he brings an injection of pace and has been very good during his first few games at Liverpool, and again, he nets the winner this after, this evening. Obviously, VAR took one goal off him, which, which was, you know, harsh, but you can see why. Um, obviously, Mane does sort of file the keeper and the defender a little bit, but, um, yeah, a beautiful ball from Jadon Shakiri, and there was no chance he was letting go of that second goal. I think, obviously, Nath Phillips deserves a mention. It would be un- unfair not to highlight his performance tonight. Obviously, coming into the... Starting eleven, um, after a long spell out on almost not being one of the the favoured names to to come into the back, he got a well deserved man of the match award tonight. I think the whole story of him being a young player coming into this side probably isn't quite right as he's proved himself before in a Liverpool shirt and a couple of cup games last season, and then obviously was a key figure for Stuttgart as well last year and then getting promotion to the Bundesliga. So he was always going to be able to do a good job tonight and he deserves a lot of credit for his performance um atalanta up next on tuesday big european game obviously we've proved ourselves in europe so far this season with two wins and two clean sheets so fingers crossed we can do that again on tuesday lauren black following on from mark baker after the 2-1 win over west ham united at anfield let's now look into the blood red podcast facebook group Matthew Jones writes another valuable three points. There'll come a point when we hit some proper form and play better, but to be picking up the three points in the meantime is all that's needed. Aside from Jota scoring again, special mentions for Phillips and Shakiri, an assist tonight for Shakiri, and then he had a key pass before the assist for the first goal on Tuesday. Chris Hall writes, subs changed the game completely. Gomez and Phillips looked okay. Hopefully there's more minutes together, which will allow for a decent partnership. I love Bobby, but he's got to start performing better. Also made up, Shaq is still a Liverpool player. He's got bags of ability and the experience to back up a regular place in this squad. Anyway, top of the league, onwards and upwards. Jay Roberts says, one of those games to grind out. Shaq with the extra quality to pick the lock, and Jota scores again, twice actually, if we can ever get VAR to rule in our favour. 
good, important win during a brutal stretch of games. Let's give it up for Natty P. Great game from him. Hard to pick a man of the match, but I think I'm going to go with the game winner. He was great starting from the word go. And Jonathan Ho says, take your hat off to Nat Phillips. What a brilliant performance. Colossus at the back won his jewels and gave us some stability. I feared West Ham's long balls today, but he dealt with them effortlessly. More of the same, please. Shakiri and Jota impact subs. Big reasons for a lot of optimism. Well, for more of that optimism, head to Facebook, search for the Blood Red podcast and join the group. It really is as simple as that. Our final thoughts tonight come from Hannah Pinnock. <laughs> Different game, same story. I feel like I'm coming on this show quite a lot and, you know, saying the same thing. Um, conceded early, poor first half, but second half much better if we go on to win the game. So, um, <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, I thought lineup wise, I was a little bit worried, you know, with Curtis Jones and Nat Phillips in there. That's quite an in- inexperienced side, um, you know, given West Ham aren't doing too badly this season. Um, but Nat Phillips for a Premier League debut, I thought he barely put a foot wrong and, and a deserved man of the match performance. So, um, if anything, I mean, we we did look a little bit shaky defensively, but I feel like that is to be expected in a defence without Virgil Van Dijk, um, especially at the moment where Joe's defensive partners switching and changing quite frequently. You know, at least when he's alongside Van Dijk, it's a solid partnership. He, you know, we're not going to have a solid defensive partnership this season um, given the injuries and given different players are registered for different competitions and um, everything like that eventually hopefully when Matip's back you'd like to think that some sort of partnership can be formed there but given both Joe's and Joel's injury records that seems quite unlikely so um, (laughs) shaky defence is something I feel like we're just going to have to get used to Um, in a post-Virgil van Dijk world um, but other than the mistake I thought um, well, the mistake from Joe for for Fornau's goal it was poor poor header really that sort of gifted them their opener but um, other than that I thought Joe did reasonably well and obviously Nat Phillips did quite well as well so defensively I thought we weren't too bad given the circumstances but obviously we do look a lot more likely that we'll concede now um but going forward first half I thought we were pretty abysmal to have so much possession and create so so little is disappointing and it it wasn't until Henderson fired a shot wide that we actually looked like we could score I thought we made it far too easy for West Ham we're far too predictable they had it easy almost first half so um the penalty I think sort of changed things a little bit um I think it was a deserved penalty albeit maybe a little bit soft but he did clip Mo there and the amount of times we're screaming at Mo to go down and you know and he doesn't always <laughs> so the fact that he claimed that and the fact that he got it is a good thing and obviously he doesn't miss a penalty so all good there and I think it was quite important that we went in 1-1 at half time and then I think second half we did look a lot better even better when Shakiri and Jota came on what a signing Diego Jota has turned out to be gutted that he, I mean could have had a brace tonight but obviously VAR doesn't like Liverpool um, I'm gonna avoid talking about VAR just because I feel like I'll get a little bit angry but that's three three Premier League games in a row now where you could literally sit and rant about how VAR has made a mistake or how it's you know cost us thankfully it hasn't cost us 
other than arguably the Everton game, it hasn't cost us results-wise yet. Um, but if these sorts of mistakes and these sorts of decisions keep happening, eventually it will. But yeah, I'm, I'm not going to rant about VAR. The most important thing is that we won um, and Diogo Jota did get a goal that did count and a deserved one as well. He's very impactful from the bench. I, I'm seeing a lot of discussion that maybe he should start over Bobby um, going forward. I think everyone knows Firmino hasn't quite been up to the level that we've seen of him previously for, for quite a while now and it is quite concerning but at the same time Jota is really impactful from the bench and um, you know from a starting perspective Jota can be a little bit quiet it's just when he comes on late that he comes alive and you know at that point when West Ham's defence has been run a bit rugged and um, they're worn out you know Jota is the most threatening so It'll be interesting to see how that develops over the coming weeks. Obviously, with the fixture congestion and everything, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Jota maybe start a few more games. Um, But given Firmino's form, I think it's almost inevitable. But then again, I don't think Klopp would actually ever drop Bobby. So um, who knows? But given the fixture congestion, it is inevitable, I think. So... But a massive result and obviously Atalanta midweek but then Man City next weekend. So yeah, on on to the Champions League. Hannah Pinnock, the last to have her say here on the post-game podcast. For more reaction, the Blood Red podcast will be with you on Monday. Before attention switch to Tuesday night's Champions League action with Atalanta. Games coming everywhere you look right now. Remember, if possible, to leave us a rating and review wherever it is you get your audio on demand. And thanks, as always, for your continued support and listenership. Do check out the Blood Red YouTube channel, too, if you haven't done so already. So, despite an early scare before the arrival of Diogo Jota to provide the fireworks, Klopp delivers a treat as the Reds head top of the Premier League table. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.